Oh yeah, welcome to the St. Stephen's Bible Show. We're back at it, back on the saddle. Um, we had a minor setback. We've been out for a little while. Uh, we went back to church, which meant we were busy doing our normal things again. Um, but, and then I had a baby. Yeah, just I, that small thing I had, He is very small, well, he's big mm, for a baby. Yeah. Uh, but we've decided that it's more important to do the podcast, so I've decided to neglect my usual duties <laughs> and neglect my son. And we're back. <laughs> I feel a bit out of practice, so I like, don't quite know yeah, what I'm rusty. doing. Yeah, back into the pod. Well, it's okay, because this is a reboot. We don't want to sound like our old selves. We're rebooting, we're dropping the series we were doing. We're not going to pick up where we were. Um, we're going to play different characters. So from now on, I'm going to be Claire. Oh, no. So I'm going to try and just preface most of what I say with a bit more like, oh, I might be wrong about this, but um, Claire's going to be Dylan. Okay. So what's that going to... Just lots of like low, slow, slow talking. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <what>. <laughs> Dylan is the master of the background pun. Um. <laughs> I never hear his puns till I edit. True, it's a sneaky pun. I'm not good at puns, so yeah. this is not going to go well for me. No, we're always recording and I don't hear Dylan make his jokes and then I'm <laughs> editing it later and I hear all these puns in the background. I feel like little bits of us are going to be chipped away each week <laughs> as we uncover our personalities. Uh, you just prefaced what you said with I feel like Dylan, you're now being recast as Carl. You right. have to say, I know that. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> You've got to be very confident and assertive. I think, I mean, I don't know. I'm not really sure myself. I might be wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, we have to keep this up the whole time. No, we don't. That was oh, a joke. That's a comedy. I can't do it. Yeah. I can't do it. Contrary to my nature. Uh, we're going to keep a pretty quick format on these episodes. So we're going to have a lightning round right now. How are we going? What's going on? Um, what did we do this morning? <laughs> well, we had um, some lunch. Oh, this morning, this morning. Or... No, no, let's start with lunch. Yeah, we had lunch. <laughs> um, so we have a, a weekly trainee meeting. Went down to, you know, devoured at Norman Hirsch. Oh, so buzz time. marketing. All right, we don't want to mention <laughs> yeah. it. We went down to a certain pink themed food cafe <laughs> in Norman We've mentioned them before in our pizza reviews. Yeah, because so. they're really good. Go to devoured. Go, go along. Anyway. Um, yes, and I had a. I ordered a bagel. Bagel. It was very good, Bagel. but then I got just absolutely shredded by everyone else judging my eating <laughs> technique. So if you'd like to expand on yeah, Dylan, that, can you describe what Claire Claire said? ate it in a way that I can only describe a child would use a chatterbox in that she cut it up. <laughs> Wait, <what? laughs> I mean, you've got the bun, you've got the bun like horizontally, and then she's cut it in the middle. So she's got now like four distinct separate parts um, that she's trying to hold up. Carl and I are trying not to look at her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it was just that she spent quite a while cutting the bagel in half yeah. with the wooden cutlery, which wasn't good. No. But she spent quite a while cutting it in half. And then when I thought she'd finished cutting it in half, then she just picked up both pieces <laughs> in one go and started eating it's it. Because I didn't get all the way through because the wooden knife was just bad. It didn't do its job. <laughs> I got like midway through the bottom layer and then I gave up because I was too hungry. Oh. And then everyone was just judging me. Well... <laughs> We were all trying not to watch because Claire was eating very... All of us had already finished our food by the time Claire was biting in. And it took her, me that long to cut it. Her bag was falling apart. So we're having, trying to have a serious <laughs> meeting. I'm trying to describe some significant... Christian apologetics <laughs> and Claire's bagels like falling apart she's just trying to eat it her mouth's too small the bagel's too big Mel is staring right at Claire's mouth as she eats while the rest of us are trying so not to laugh so self-conscious um, anyway it took about half an hour yeah but then we just couldn't stop laughing so every time I picked it up to take another bite everyone just looked at, like at stared mouth. straight at me and then I was just it was too actually worse if it was in your peripherals because you just see this like Claire just 
really tentatively <laughs> approach the, uh, yeah, the bagel. Yeah. <laughs> I can um, never go, I'll never do that again. No, no more bagels for me. They're not my thing. Well, yeah, so we, we've, um, in the intervening, like last, like what, six, seven weeks we've been on break, we've got much deeper, much more serious. Mm. Talking about big heavy hitting topics, bagels, how mm. to cut them. Mm. Um, yeah, you had a child, how's that? It's great, it's great. It's like- Even cut that in half. Like, no, uh, no, I'm not King Solomon. <laughs> no, oh, it's like um, having your own little screaming wake up alarm. You oh, can't set the time on. You. He looks a lot like you. He does, and mm. he screams just like me. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you kiss him, I, uh, I have this problem where I want to kiss him all the time. I kiss him so much, I give him little kisses, and I've got a prickly face because of my stubble. And it, he hates it <laughs> and he cries every time, but I don't stop. I just keep giving him little kisses and he's getting so annoyed. So I'm going to have to take up shaving mm. mm-hmm. or he's going to have to take up roughing. Or I don't know. Balaclava or something. <laughs> 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 That's a great idea. Or it's just a face mask. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Balaclava Protection. is the opposite of a COVID safe mask. <laughs> <laughs> it covers everything but the bits you need. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> Well, uh, we're going to get to the point. We're going to keep these episodes short and sweet. So let's zoom on to Bible time. (laughs) All right, we're going to be looking at 1 Timothy. No reason, just a good book. Um, Dylan, can you read it? Of course. Just 1 Timothy chapter 1 would be sick. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God our Saviour and of Christ Jesus our hope. To Timothy, my true son in the faith, grace, mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain men not to teach false doctrines any longer, nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. These promote controversies rather than God's work, which is by faith. The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Some have wandered away from these and turned to meaningless talk. They want to be teachers of the law, but they do not know what they are talking about or what they so confidently affirm. Let's uh, actually cap it there. Plenty of talk about that. Mm. Uh, uh, Paul, the apostle, is writing this. Uh, tell me you know, two hot facts about Paul. Used to be Saul. I said hot facts. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what, what constitutes a hot I don't fact? know. You give me the facts and I'll tell you if it's hot or not. <laughs> oh, That's no. what we're good at on this podcast. Um, he was in jail. Hot. All right. <laughs> Paul was imprisoned for his ministry. Uh, he was locked up for preaching the gospel. Encountered Jesus with a yeah, white, hot. Okay. hot, shining light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and hot scales fell from his hot eyes. Um, yeah, so he did see Jesus wreathed in bright light uh, on the road to Damascus. On the road to Damascus. Um, so Paul the Apostle, he was the only one called an Apostle who was not one of the twelve. Apostlehood is something reserved for the early church. And there were only twelve of them and Paul. These are people called uh, by Jesus basically to ensure the establishment of the true church. That's, that's his job, to ensure the establishment of the true church, the true faith, mm. uh, to correct false teaching and to lay down authoritative doctrine. So what we're reading here is the word of God, as Paul lays it down with authority. Um, so he's an apostle, which means he's sent of Christ Jesus by the command of God, our savior and of Christ Jesus, our hope. He, he didn't send himself. He's not like, oh, you know what? I'd be great at being an apostle. No. 
to Timothy, my true son in the faith. Now, we thought Paul was celibate. Does Paul have a secret? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> What's, why is Timothy his true son? Well, isn't Timothy someone he's sort of mentoring? Sees as a, um, I guess, a brother in Christ who he's kind of encouraging. Well, he doesn't say brother. True. He says son. son. But he's, um, mm. I guess, discipling him in a way that a father would a son in some ways maybe yeah well so i guess there's an analogy here that yeah the relationship between a minister and someone they mature is sort of like fatherly or motherly um but why does he say my true son isn't that a bit of a i mean if he's just saying oh this is an analogy my true son it's like he's saying literally my son you know mm. Ooh. i mean this is a big theme in paul's writing particularly to Ephesus to Ephesians and to Timothy, lots of household instruction. Um, this letter is full of household instruction on how husbands and wives should relate, mothers and fathers. The basic supposition of Paul in regards to the church is that people who are adopted uh, into the family of God, who really do call God Father, not just as some kind of vague analogy, but we really do come to God as Father, and who really do come to Jesus as brother actually come to one another as family. Mm. Um, we're going to get to some stuff. We'll go through mm. 1 and 2 Timothy. Um, you know, we get to stuff about marriage and stuff about uh, wives and things. And people go, oh, well, you know, some of these rules about husbands and wives have nothing to do with men and women generally. Well, they do actually if Paul's basic assumption is that the church is a family. Mm. Um, Paul's basic assumption is the church functions like the household of God, which is what he calls it. Um, so, so there is a, a real sense in which I think Paul would say that Timothy's true family are his Christian family. Mm. Um, I don't think we know whether Timothy's biological father was a Christian. We know yeah. his grandmother was, and I think his mother was. But mm. whether Timothy's biological father was a Christian is, I think, a bit ambiguous. So I would suggest that Paul, uh, who you know, brought him up in the faith, who was... Uh, ordained him and appointed him and mentored him is a truer father to Timothy in the household of God than his own biological father. Mm. As someone with non-Christian parents and a somewhat uh, <laughs> uh, messy family background, I relate to that a lot. I understand that very deeply. Um, but he says, Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, why does Paul open almost all of his epistles with grace and peace? What do you reckon? Yeah, well, I think it's more than saying he wishes them grace and peace. Yeah, sort of thoughts and prayers. <laughs> something, yeah, yeah, vibes, good vibes. Um, I guess he's sort of doing a almost an exp- exposition of um, what the gospel brings. Most, mm. You know, grace, peace, and mercy, um, or grace and peace in a lot of his other books is a very real reality for, for mm. Christians as they follow Christ. And why would he begin his letters with this reminder of what the gospel brings? And why would he end his letters? with this reminder of what the gospel has brought. Um, because that, well, in one sense, that's how we're saved, through grace, um, and we're given peace through that. So to preface and to finish the letter would be to remind the audience of that mm. um, certainty and significance. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And reminding them of the, you know, the central message of the gospel, which is, you know, what he's been commanded to do by God Hmm. is to bring the gospel um, Hmm. and share it faithfully. 
Yeah, well, yes. And I think it also tells us something about what Paul thought about his content in regards to the gospel, that his, his preaching and teaching through his letters particularly was gospel. So he opens all of his letters with grace be to you, or grace and peace be to you. In this case, grace, mercy, peace, variants of this. And he closes almost all of his letters, not without exception, but almost all of them with grace and peace remain with you. Mm. As though to say that this, you know, middle content has imparted the grace and peace of God to you, which we know only comes by the word of God. Right. So I think there's good internal evidence here that Paul understands that he is, as he writes, he's bringing out the word of God um, and he's delivering the word of God to his recipient. So Paul isn't giving his hot takes here. Mm. I think there's a very toxic idea sometimes that Jesus' teaching is somehow more authoritative than Paul's. Well, Paul's authority is predicated on Jesus. Paul is the one sent by Jesus. And just like the ambassador speaks with the weight of the king, Paul speaks with the weight of Jesus. So what he teaches in his letters is not just his hot takes or his opinions or his interpretations of Jesus. Uh, These are Jesus' words going out through him. So... What does he say? Verse three, as I urged you when I went into Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain men not to teach false doctrines any longer, nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. So what's what's Timothy's job as a minister? His primary job that he was appointed to. To ensure that uh, people are have a right understanding of God and a right understanding of Christian faith and how they come to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, I think it might be an Acts or somewhere else where Paul tells him to go and get circumcised so that he can be part of uh, the Jewish nation as well and to mm-hmm. help kind of disciple and mentor and share the good news with them um, so as to become like them. Yeah, so, so Timothy... Um has to be accepted by the church in order to lead it. Mm. So there's a few decisions there. His, his job is to lead the church broadly, right? Mm. I guess if you wanted to understand what Timothy's job is like in modern terms, he's something like a bishop. Um, and I say that not because the word bishop is ever used to describe him quite exactly, uh, but because he was appointed by an apostle for the purpose of appointing other elders. Mm. So Timothy's job is to appoint you know, senior ministers, preachers and teachers through the city of Ephesus train them, hold them to account, and uh, basically intervene when there's uncertainty or squabbles over doctrine and promote the true doctrine of the church. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the job of a bishop. He's a defender of the faith. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's over the elders and the overseers. He's over the senior ministers. He is the the overseer of all the ministers in the city. Mm -hmm. And his job is to promote the true doctrine of the gospel, which involves... A sword and a trowel, in the words of Nehemiah. Mm. Um, he needs to build up and appoint good and faithful men to teach. Uh, and he needs also to tear down, um, to silence and excommunicate false teachers. Um, this is really central. Uh, what challenges us about that position that Timothy's given? I think the notion of defending the faith um, sometimes goes counter to our notion that we want to be inclusive and um, opening and welcoming mm-hmm. and that I, like, I think that's a false dichotomy but I think that it can be seemingly contradictory when we think that oh we want people to come in and, and you know we'll accept um, people mm-hmm. but then where do we draw the line on their beliefs about certain things we've got to push back on that 
Um, yeah. Mm. Well, and, and also we're very cautious of being divisive generally. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we want to promote unity. Mm. Uh, I mean, I've been around Christians before who basically assumed that the main job of the gospel was to bring unity among people. Right. Mm. And so whenever there was a church split that, or, you know, a church disagreement, you know, their, their assumption was always that the person who is sort of driving the split or the person forcing the disagreement, that must be the person in the wrong. Mm. No matter what the issue is, that person must be in the wrong because the gospel position would be the, the one bringing people together. Yeah, yeah. I think also um, the idea of, I guess, someone calling out someone else for being um, unfaithful in teaching or essentially saying, like, don't think you're a Christian yeah. <laughs> um, is something that's, you know, quite controversial. Um, I've heard a lot of, you know, well, we don't know what's in their heart and things, mm. which is, you know, true and valid, but also, <laughs> um, you know, faith is also shown by fruit. Exactly. Um, mm. And things like that. So that's quite a controversial yeah. thing that someone would, you know, specifically say, like, don't think you're a Christian. Yeah. Or um, we don't yeah. need to know what's in someone's heart to dismiss what's coming out of their mouth. Mm. Do we? <laughs> you yeah. just need to know what's coming out of their mouth. Um, and, and I don't think Timothy's job was necessarily to, you know, judge the living and the dead. It's not like he's making the decision on whether someone's going to heaven or hell. But he is making decisions that will help people not go to hell by shutting down false doctrine. Um, and, and it's nonsense to say that the person who is for the gospel is always on the side of unity. Paul wanted no unity with ungodliness. You know, Jesus himself said, I came not to bring peace but a sword, to divide mother against you know, sons and brother against brother. Mm. Um, the teaching of the Bible, when truly set forth, does divide people. It's divisive by nature uh, because people by nature aren't all for Christ. Um, but this isn't just about being schismatic or about shooting people down. What does Paul say? Um, he wants you to quiet people uh, who teach false doctrine and devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies because these provoke controversies rather than God's work, which is by faith. The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Some have wandered away from these and turned to meaningless talk. They want to be teachers of the law, but they do not know what they're talking about or what they so confidently affirm. Mm, so interesting. Paul's concern here is actually love. Uh, because when people are sidetracked by false gospels, they're sidetracked by a false Christ and they lose the gospel of faith. And this is what we see time and time again. Mm. Bad doctrine, bad teaching, bad preaching leads people away from Jesus. Mm. So it's not unloving to tear it down. You know, it's not unloving to tear down a swastika if someone raises one up in your neighborhood. It's not unloving to uh, tear down a symbol of oppression and hate. And what could be more oppressive or hateful than any false doctrine that works against justification by faith and the, uh, the real basis of our salvation, a focus on Jesus forgiving sins? Hmm. Yeah. When it says um, in verse 6, they've departed from these and have turned to meaningless talk and that they don't know what they're talking about. Is that sort of, um, is part of that sort of, you know, fun hot takes that they might have on, on the word or things that are, they just haven't thought about that deeply and teach lazily or well, what's, what is that? We might end to? here because we're out of time, oh, sorry. but that's a good one to leave on for next week. And I'll give a quick answer. Um, what we're going to find is that the false teachers in Ephesus are people who are using their position dishonestly for financial uh, and sexual gain. So these are people who aren't really interested in the gospel. 
Um, they, they give aside to meaningless and empty talk because it allows them to sound academic or intellectual or, or authoritative. It allows them to sort of separate people out from the true teachers. Yeah, so it's sort of a deceptive yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, I think that false teachers, as set out in Ephesus, don't care as much about doctrine as true teachers. Doctrine is just a device to control, manipulate people and, and get something. Um, so they turn aside to meaningless talk because it allows them to turn away from true teaching, which would call them out for their moral indiscretion. Yeah. But let's end there, uh, and maybe Claire can pray for us. Sure. Uh, Lord, we do thank you for your word in 1 Timothy chapter 1. Uh, we thank you for all that it teaches us about what the gospel f- brings um, and how you used your servant, Paul, uh, to bring that uh, to so many people um, throughout our history um, as Christians. Um, Lord, we thank you for Timothy's role in your, in your kingdom as well. Um, and Lord, I pray that we ourselves might be um, on our guard against uh, those who might uh, be deceiving us uh, with messages that uh, don't align with what you have revealed to us in your word. Um, and Lord, I pray that we might be, um, I guess, willing to stand for what we believe and what you have taught us in your word, that we might uh, always lean on the authority of the Bible um, that you have so graciously given us. Amen. Amen. All right, welcome to the relaxation lounge. The end of a long podcast <laughs> session. We all need to kick back. We've got some steam going here in the sauna. Shoes off. All in uh, our podcast robes. <laughs> <laughs> Matching robes. Matching podcast robes. Not the Broided cult initials. Kind. More like the, the, uh, yeah, the wellness retreat kind. Yeah. <laughs> Embroidered initials. Embroidered nicknames. <laughs> We've got Dylan, the villain. We've got Claire, the miniature minister. Mm. We've got Carl, he who shall not be nicknamed. (laughs) Uh, But we're going to read a poem here as we relax, written by Jason Maxworthy. It's been a long time maturing, Mm. like a fine whiskey in a barrel. (laughs) Maybe you guys can click in some snaps if uh, there's a moment that you go, oh yeah. Oh yeah, okay. Mm. Like spoken word kind of poetry. Slam poetry. And I'm going to ask you to speak a lot slower than that. You know, I've never been good at this part. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, this is Do cool. Do you think the poem has moved on in taste like we have in our Well, it's, still, it's very backward looking, but maybe retrospectives are okay. Okay. It's, it's really getting back to our roots, <laughs> so to speak. This poem is called Greener Pastures. You're speaking very fast, Carl. No, just Hypocrite. <laughs> Last time I said it was time for a change, that I'd expand my poetry range. Couplets are simple, so that's where I will start, just like the humor of a nicely timed fart. That's not a, <laughs> there's no clicks for that. Just crickets. I'll put in some cricket sounds. <laughs> I'm just so used to my art as haiku. This is quite scary, let's see how we do. Without further ado, it's time to begin. (laughs) My hope in this poem will get you to grin. (laughs) Now you can see, this is no ruse. Oh, we love a ruse. (laughs) But what shall I use as this poem's muse? Some of you may start to giggle with mirth as I continue to write about wars over turf. 
I know it sounds silly as I continue to fawn over the beauty of a well-manicured lawn. As I gaze over, my heart starts to swell when freshly cut, there's no better smell. Mmm. So many varieties. I just love to smooch. All right, let's... <laughs> we gotta take a break on that. <laughs> we all like a lawn. Everyone this likes a, a good much. lawn. But we don't like it in that way. Can we establish... <laughs> this is lawn Jason, porn. you've misunderstood. <laughs> lawn porn. Lawnography. That's what this is. This is lawnographic content. <laughs> Alright. Uh, anyway, this is... Um, Jason... I think has misunderstood our affection for lawns the whole <laughs> way through, but let's keep on with the poem and just... Oh dear. So many varieties I just love to smooch. <laughs> Buffalo, fescue, and then even couch. Cooch. Cooch? I didn't want to... <laughs> I didn't want to say that. A stroll without shoes, divine underfoot. If you were German, you'd shout, das ist gut. Hans. <laughs> <laughs> As you look even closer at each single blade, you appreciate that it's been wonderfully made. A lovely example of God's creation that points us toward our Lord of salvation. Jason, take Jesus out of whatever this is that you're doing here. <laughs> this is he. The good Lord has nothing to do with natural, <laughs> natural theology. Natural theology. No, this is a problem. <laughs> I look at my life so filled up with dross, yet Jesus still died for sin on the cross. He did this to pay for the weight of our sins, and it's only through him that salvation begins. Well, you, you took it home. You ended in a wholesome place and you mm. walked a dark path. Mm. You crossed down to the valley of the shadow of death, <laughs> but it led to greener pastures, so... Eventually. Well, actually led away from the green pastures. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. side of hell. <laughs> uh, well, that was interesting. Jason, we're going to ask you to leave off the lawns for a little bit, mate. <laughs> but um, that was great. That was good. I feel yeah. relaxed. Mm. Guess we could have a dip in the podcast pool. <laughs> good to see you all. That's, a, that's an enthusiastic slammed poem from me. Well done, Jason. I was slammed. <laughs> <laughs>